Well, hi there, Heike Yates here, and welcome back to another episode of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. At the time of this recording, we are still in lockdown here in Maryland, although some of our restrictions have been lifted, but we're still pretty much staying at home, staying safe uh, during this COVID virus. But one of the things is maybe true for you too, is that you moved less, ate a little more, and perhaps drank a little more, and now your summer shorts are tighter than you remember them. So the stress of staying home, out of your regular routine, or even too much takeout may be the blame. Now you're thinking, okay, I'm going to do a diet. Diet? Does one size really fit all? We know that the fat diets are out the window, but what about the more popular diets currently, like the keto diet, the blood type diets, veganism? Well, that may be the ticket for you, but today we discover five of the most popular diets, what they are, and if they deliver what they promise, and my take on each, the pros and cons of dieting, and what you can do instead, and of course, three strategies you can start today to lose that wicked quarantine weight. So today, we're talking about what is the best diet to lose that wicked quarantine weight. Hi there, you're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action, knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Diets. I don't even talk about fat diets today because fat diets are popular for a certain period of time, similar to fats in fashion. You wear it one year and then out the next. But fat diets come without any standard dietary recommendation and often promise unreasonably fast weight loss. I've experimented with many diets in my past. Well, I grew up being an overweight child. And for many years, until I started my career in fitness 30 years ago, I didn't know how else to keep my weight low, how else to lose more weight if I wanted to. And it was really frustrating to not know how to lose weight when I really stuck to these diets. And for instance, in the 80s, one of the diets was the cabbage soup diet. Do you remember that one? That was horrible. All week long, you ate cabbage soup. Of course, if you have a huge pot of soup that's only cabbage, has literally no nutrients, it's water, cabbage, some salt and pepper to spice it up a little bit. And that's what you ate all week long. Of course I lost weight. Of course um, I felt better. It was horrible because it tasted bad. It was really boring. And of course the weight loss 
that didn't last very long. As soon as I started eating normal portions, normal foods, the weight came right back on. And then another one that I tried during that time is the Scarsdale diet. So the Scarsdale diet is a, you may know that one too, it's based off the Atkins diet. It's based on high protein, low carb, uh, and it's designed for weight loss. And this diet was designed in the 1970s, but for some reason in the 80s, it took off, people wanted Scarsdales. And what, what you did on this diet, you had three meals per day, and you had 43% of protein and 22% of fat and 34% carbohydrates. Now, the numbers may not mean anything to you, but it was a higher protein, lower carb diet. But you did this diet for seven to 14 days and you only got four cups of water a day. So super low hydration, not a good thing. Uh, aside from that, the Scarsdale diet had many unsustainable rules, like no avocados, no potatoes, and it, it literally cut out all healthy foods. And it also restricted fat well below 30%, and this is a percentage recommended by many health organizations and experts for long-term health and brain function. Boy, am I glad I didn't stick to that. But I also continued in my career to check out diets because people ask me, my clients ask me, they were like, Heike, what's the best diet for weight loss? What is the best diet for healthy eating? And what is the easiest diet to follow? And then we had best diets if you have diabetes or heart disease. Um, what are the best plant-based diets. It's always the best. And so I tried many and many, many diets that have been out there. And today I want to look at five of the most popular diets at the moment, what they are, if they deliver what they promise, and my take on each, then the pros and cons of dieting, and what you can do instead and three strategies you can start today to lose that wicked quarantine weight. First up is the keto diet. It's the, called the keto or ketogenic diet. This is a term for a low carb diet and you get most of your calories from protein and fat instead of carbohydrates. You cut back mostly on quick digestible carbs like sugar, bread, and pastries. That doesn't sound too bad. So, but we need to also know what the side effects are of a ketogenic diet. And you will get into, or the goal is to get into ketosis. And that means when you eat less than 50 gra grams of carbohydrates per day, you start a process called ketosis in about three to four days. Your body will run out of fuel, blood sugar that is, and it breaks down the fat and protein for energy. So if it breaks down the protein, that means you lose muscle mass. The side effects of a keto diet are constipation and what is known as the keto flu. That's headaches, weakness, irritability, bad breath, not so fun. Now, um, 
The diet promises that you will lose weight. And that's how you lose weight because you're cutting out unhealthy foods or less desirable foods. Let's, let's put them, call them that way, like the breads and sugars. Um, this is a diet that is rather for the short, short term than the long term. And this diet is not for type 1 diabetes people. Um, the diet also claims that it helps with things like acne and heart disease, just to mention two. Here's my takeaway. More weight loss occurs in the first three to six months on this diet compared to other diets, but it's not really clear why that happens. My take, it takes more calories to change fat into energy than it does with carbohydrates. Or could it be you eat less because your diet is high in fat and protein? But that has not proven by anybody. Moving on to the eat for your blood type diet. This diet keeps popping up over the years. And I came across this diet for the first time in the 90s. And so eating for your blood type is exactly what it sounds like. You could eat a diet based, or you should eat a diet based on your blood type. Are you an O, an A, a B? And the eating on eating for your blood type sh should help you trim down and get healthier. The creator claims that the food you eat react chemically with your blood type. And if you eat the right food for your blood type, so according to the creator, you will digest food more efficiently and of course lose weight. But the first obstacle is you need to know your blood type if you want to follow this diet. Do you know your blood type? You're lucky. I have no idea. I've been to so many blood tests and I still have no idea what my blood type is. Now, an interesting thing to note is that everything during that diet is really determined by your blood type. Your shopping list, even your workout as a blood type A you should do yoga and type O's should run. Interesting. The diet is also very costly as you have to buy, buy special foods. And of course, the creator recommends his own line of vitamins and supplements that, as I found out, will help with stomach issues during this diet. Now, that's a funny diet that you need supplements to help with issues. Uh, on the blood type diet, you avoid processed foods and simple carbs. Nothing wrong with that. Just like the donuts and the bagels. Um, but that may be enough to help you lose weight. But any weight loss on this diet has not been linked to the blood type. Now, I remember a co-worker of mine came during the 90s. She was all over the blood type diet and was trying to convince me that I should do the blood type diet. I actually bought the book. I looked into this and I found it so restrictive, so limiting. And when she did her blood type diet, she looked gaunt. Yes, she lost weight a lot actually, but the things she ate when I looked into her food container, I was like, I'm not eating that. 
So my takeaway on the blood type diet, the blood type diet makes recommendations based solely on your blood type type. So if you have chronic conditions like diabetes, you may be told to eat high protein, not good. While another person with diabetes may have to avoid dairy and chicken. Again, doesn't work in this case for diabetes. These recommendations may conflict with your diabetes treatment plan, just to give it, use it as an example. Uh, like I said, you avoid processed and simple carbs. There's nothing bad about that. Uh, but that may be enough that you lose weight and any weight loss on this diet, again, I say it has not been linked to the blood type. There's also no research providing that this diet can aid in digestion, especially if you have to take the supplements with it that I mentioned earlier, or give you energy. Um, so, but you're encouraged to exercise even if it's very specific. So that's a good part right here. So we're moving on to the paleo diet. Everybody's heard about the paleo, of the paleo diet. The idea is to eat like a caveman. Other names for the paleo diet include the Paleolithic diet, Stone Age diet, hunter-gatherer diet, or caveman diet. The goal of the diet is to return to a way of eating that's more like what early humans ate. Well, there's already a problem with that because people came from all different parts of the world, all different caves and different availabilities of food. Somebody from Alaska has a very different availability than somebody who comes maybe from Germany or from the uh, southern part of a country. So the diet reasoning, the diet's reasoning is that the human body is genetically mismatched with a modern diet with all the farming. So the farming foods are not what a, you should be eating on a caveman diet. So you don't eat processed foods. Again, yeah. But you also don't eat grains, white potatoes, sugars, beans, and dairy. You can eat grass-fed meat, seafood, and eggs, which make up 30% of the calories. Fruits and vegetables make up another 30% of your calories, and the rest comes from nuts, seeds, and healthy fats. So overall, not too bad. The primary difference between the paleo diet and other diets is the absence of whole grains and legumes or beans which are considered a great source of fiber, vitamins, and other nutrients. Also absent from the diets are dairy products, which are a good source of protein and calcium. So my takeaway on the paleo, for some people, a paleo diet may be too expensive. Only eating grass-fed meats and fish, fish don't eat grass, but you get the idea. A paleo diet may help you lose weight or maintain weight. Uh, however, one caveat, there are no long-term clinical studies, studies about the benefits and the potential risks of the diet. No grains and beans are the biggest difference to other diets. 
On the other hand, you might be able to achieve the same health benefits by getting enough exercise and eating a balanced diet with a lot of fruits and a ton of vegetables. So, and that could also be a lot better for your budget. On to veganism or a vegetarian diet. Now, many people think that switching to a vegan diet is simply not eating meat and that's it. But it's not that simple. If you stop eating meat for moral reasons or want to lose weight, you have to have a strategy. I remember back in the days, I, I like to say back in the days, because to me, everything back in the days is like just recently. My daughter, when she was still living with me, decided that she's becoming a vegetarian. And of course, mom doesn't know anything. And at this point, I had been in the fitness industry for probably 15 to 20 years, nutrition coaching and exercise coaching. And she decided that she was going to become a vegetarian. I was like, great, I'll support your goal. But what she ended up doing was she cut out meat and ended up eating lots of salads. That was her strategy. No breads, just lots of salads with lots of other vegetables in it. And no matter what I said, she was like, no, I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to be vegetarian. So I showed her some proof that she needed to add more things if, into her diet because she's missing out on a ton of nutrients that are essential for a vegetarian. Well, she quit being a vegetarian at some point and later told me, mom, you were so right because all I did is I ate salad. But on an up note on this, she now is eating a healthy, well-planned, well-based nutrition with her vegetarian diet. And she showed me one of her meals yesterday. She's look, she said, look, mom, I remember your favorite meal you used to make when I was little. And I'm like, no, I don't know. So I had made teriyaki chicken was our favorite with pineapple in them. Don't ask me why, but everybody loved it. So it was teriyaki chicken with pineapple and then we ate rice with it. And she said, I didn't know why I couldn't make it. I'm using tofu now and pineapples are on sale. I was like, yay for the win. And she started really learning what it means to be a vegetarian. But let's go back on track with the simplest definition of vegetarianism or veganism is a diet free of meat, fish and fowl. But eating habits of vegetarians cover a wide spectrum. There is the lacto-oval vegetarian, no animal um, meats, but eggs and milk. Then we have the vegans who don't eat or wear animal products, including honey. Raw foodists are vegans who eat mainly raw fruits, vegetables, legumes, sprouts, and nuts. And there's the pescatarians who eat fish and seafood. And then you have the lacto-vegetarians who eat dairy products, but no eggs. The fruitarians follow a diet that includes fruits, of course, nuts, seeds, and other plants. Flexitarians refer to vegetarians who occasionally eat meat and fish. Is your head spinning by now? There are so many different variations. And when I did research for this podcast, my head was spinning too, because there's more than those that I'm listed today. May as it be, if you decide to become a vegan 
a vegan, you need to keep in mind that most doctors and nutritionists agree that a low-fat diet, high in fruits, vegetables, and nuts can definitely boost your health and help you lose weight. But there's research suggesting that reducing or eliminating red meat from the diet, you may cut your risk of heart disease, which is awesome. So there's nothing wrong with this diet. Also, research has shown that a vegan or a vegetarian diet may lower your risk of getting type 2 diabetes. Awesome. And in 2011, a study found that vegetarians had lower triglycerides, glucose levels, blood pressure, and a lower body mass index. So a vegetarian diet sounds awesome to me. The But a meatless diet can be healthy, but vegetarians, especially vegans, need to make sure that they're getting enough vitamin B12, calcium, iron, and zinc in their diet. And you can get those through supplements. <clears throat> you can get those through supplements or um, you really plan out your diet. Now, my takeaway is that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics warns of a risk of vitamin B12 deficiencies in vegetarians. B12 is naturally found in animal products. A lack of vitamin B12 can lead to anemia and blindness. This is serious. It also causes muscle weakness, tingling, and numbness. To, um, to counteract the, this risk, vegans should include B12 supplements or fortified cereals or veggie burgers into their diet. But regardless of the meat or the kind of meat or the kind of meat diet practiced, you need to make sure you're getting enough iron, calcium, zinc, B12, riboflavin, and alpha-linolenic acid and vitamin D in your diet. So if you're going for with this, you need to cover all your sources because you don't want to be vitamin and mineral deficient because of that. And you don't have to. So just cutting out all meals, meat products altogether, only eating vegetables might not be enough to avoid the side effects. So supplements are something you need to really consider and definitely exercise is part of being a vegan. And finally, detox diets. These are super popular because you can lose weight quickly and supposedly super easy. Now, again, we have many different diets that come with a detox diet. It depends on what diet you're following. Some include fasting, others just drinking liquids, allow fruits and vegetables. They are short in duration and not a lifestyle. Now, detox diets claim that they rest your organs while fasting. Well, you're not really fasting because you're eating fruits and vegetables. Uh, stimulate your liver to get rid of toxins, promote toxin elimination through uh, going to the bathroom and sweat and improve circulation. I'm not sure how. Provide your body with healthy nutrients. So detox diet really identify the specific toxins they aim to remove. It's just we're detoxing. That's, that's all you're told. It's detoxing is all good. Uh, how that happens, it's totally unclear. In fact, 
There is no evidence that detox diets remove any toxins from your body. And some detox diets may pose a huge health risk because you're overdosing on supplements that you're sometimes recommended to take, laxatives, diuretics, pills, powders, and colon cleansings can cause dehydration, cramping, bloating, vomiting, nausea. Whoa, this doesn't sound like something I would want to do. There's a lack of regulation and monitoring of detox diets in the industry. And uh, like I just mentioned, many detox foods and supplements may have not any scientific basis. They're just made up. Several detox diets recommend fasting or severe calorie restrictions. Short-term fasting and limited calorie intake can result in, again, fatigue, irritability, bad breath. That bad breath theme seems to come up often. So you're going to go without a lot of food that you usually eat. You'll be hungry. You may be dizzy. You definitely will have low energy and you may be nauseous because of not eating. And uh, yeah, well, exercise is totally out of this one because you have no energy because you're not eating, you're just drinking or not drinking or taking supplements. Um, yeah, so recommendation, uh, exercise is not part of a detox diet. So my takeaway here is if you want to lose weight, a detox diet may help you drop a few pounds. And I always say, if you, if you want to get ready for a photo shoot, you want to look really super slim, maybe that's a way to go, but you'll gain that weight back as soon as that photo shoot is over. And one really dangerous um, thing to consider is that you're overloading your system with many vitamins and minerals that can be really dangerous and can trigger health issues. And thinking about this, that you're losing the weight, you think you're doing something good for yourself because you're giving your body more vitamins and minerals, but your body has not had these vitamins and minerals in that amount. And it can it can start it um, create a, actually a toxic environment in your body, and things like um, stomach cramping, acne, and so forth have been shown in those detox diets. So, but what's simple? If you want to detox your diet, don't waste any money and time either. Here's my takeaway: your body naturally detoxes itself. If you feed it healthy and nutritious foods, so if you stop eating your donut, drinking your soda, and and replace it with whole grains and fruits and vegetables, your kidney and liver will go yay. Um, so your liver, kidneys, or any part of your body doesn't need washing out, as this detox diets claim. And like I just said, if you limit processed food, high fat, sugary foods and replace them with good, amazing, healthy fruits and vegetables, mainly vegetables, you are good to go. Now, guys, if you found a diet that works for you, yay, congratulations. But that's not the majority. Many try a diet only to fall off the proverbial wagon, wagon and then repeat, rinse and repeat, oh, this diet didn't work, I'm going to do another diet. Or you feel 
bad that you couldn't woman up and stick to a diet. You feel like a loser and say, man, I couldn't do this diet again and I can't lose this weight and now I'm here in quarantine and I'm already frustrated and um, you're defeating yourself because you can't stick or you don't have the willpower that you think you need to do a diet. But we're not talking willpower today. That's a topic for another podcast. So what is the best diet to lose that wicked quarantine weight? The answer is simple. There is not one single diet that works for everyone, all the time, anytime, and forever. That's okay. There is so much to consider when you want to lose weight, when you want to lose weight, and you think about the following things. Number one, your body type. Some people are tall and thin, others are short and stocky. They have a different body makeup, different muscle makeup, and a different way altogether how their body is. Think of the ectomorph and the endomorphs. Yeah, some are thin, some are broad, some keep weight on quickly, others metabolize food really quickly, so the body type makes a big difference. Then you have dietary preferences. Some people eat meat, others don't, and then some only occasionally. So it depends on what you love eating because I wouldn't want you to eat something you don't like, right? The budget, your budget is a big one too. Everybody has a different amount they can spend on food. If you have a lot of food, a lot of money, you can buy grass-fed foods. But if you are on a tight budget, you have to really look on where you're spending your money. And then it's about what do you know about nutrition? Some people know a lot and they know every vitamin and mineral and what every plant is made of and what nutrients every plant and meat has, where others are like, I just want to eat. It's way too much to worry about and I don't want to worry about either. Maybe I'll learn it in the long run, but right now I just want to have a healthy meal. How do I do this? And then finally, the lifestyle. Some love to cook. Others love takeout. If you're single, you go away. I don't want to cook for one person. That's a lot of work. And others don't have time. They, they are really busy at work and come home at seven o'clock, whooping up a grand meal may not be part of your lifestyle. So these already determine what is the best diet for you to lose that wicked quarantine weight. And I hope you love that title. Now, can any of those diets that I mentioned before work? Well, effective nutrition programs have more in common than you think. They, number one, raise nutritional awareness. It's not so much much about what you can or cannot eat to lose fat, lean out, or get healthier. But the fact that you know more about what you're eating to begin with, that you know what is on your plate, that you have you know what your macronutrients are and what a macronutrient is. So creating awareness that maybe instead of the bagel, you put some quinoa on your plate. So creating this nutrition awareness is a huge step in the right direction. Then these diets also focus on food quality. 
every diet camp or most diet camps recommend eating whole, minimally processed, nutrient-dense foods with, of course, a few exceptions. Regardless of the protein, carb, or fat breakdown, they're moving you away from highly processed foods. And that's what many times makes us gain weight. And many promote regular exercise, regular exercise. And exercise supports fat loss, helps leaning out, and supports a healthy lifestyle. And a cool thing about this too is regular exercise improves the ability to turn the food you eat into energy instead of fat. So overall, choosing one single diet makes no sense to me because we're all different. We have different needs and there is no diet that works the best, as I mentioned earlier, the best diet of this and that and the other. That's why people need help with choosing better dietary meals or, or better preferences of what they ideally would eat. The most popular diets, when done correctly, help control appetite, improves food quality because you know what's on your, your plate, they promote exercise, and they create nutrition awareness. So that's why I help people no matter what their dietary preference. Because I believe that habit-based eating is better than diet-based eating in a long run. Long-term nutrition habits are the key. And you can take a peek at my blog called The 5 Healthy Habits That Can Change Your Life to start with your habits and pick a habit that you start with and stick with for two weeks and see how this habit plays out for you to lose your weight. But I promised you three ways you can start today to lose your quarantine weight without a diet. And number one is creating healthy meals. So as mentioned, look at what's on your plate. Instead eating Instead of eating on the go and just uh, whooping out meals and opening a fridge and say, Ooh, what did I have? What I don't have is plan your meals. Yes, planning your meals can be a little pain, bit of pain in the butt, but in the end, it will pay off. If you know what you're making, you know what you're eating, and you know what meals you create. And you know what, if you have a family with you during these times, or if you're with a friend, a husband, whatever it is, a spouse, a partner, collaborate. Figure out some stuff that you love to cook. And one of my favorites is the Minimalist Baker. I got a lot of recipes from her and I cook a lot of her recipes and they cover all of them, vegan, uh, vegetarian, or meat eater recipes. So. Um, you may want to check into the Minimalist Baker for ideas to make meals. And the cool thing is her recipes are minimal ingredients in a short duration for most of them. So go check that out. So plan your meals. See what you can make 
couple of meals a day. Create a shopping list for the week. Don't go to the store not knowing what to buy and you kind of stand there and go, all right, I'll just grab some lettuce and broccoli and yeah, and then I have no idea. So create a shopping list. We have a shopping list that we're using. We're using an app actually for our shopping list because my husband is the one that does the grocery shopping where I just put stuff on the list and there's an app that's called Any List. And we're listing all the things we need on any list. You check out the app called Any List, where you can add your categorize the meat products, the vegetables. And so we're adding throughout the week ingredients that we run out of, or when then he says, Oh, what are we making this week since I am the chef in the house by now? I'm planning my meals and I'm going, Okay, this week we're needing these and these ingredients because this is going to be these meals. Really awesome. Um, pick your meal prep days. Some people like the Sunday prep that they make everything on Sunday. Others do the morning prep where you cook a meal in the morning because you have time. What I do is I cook about every three days, two to three days, depending on the portion sizes. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. But get everybody involved, get people to chime in, chip in, cut vegetables, uh, saute some vegetables, or teach each other how to cook. How about that? This is kind of fun too. I didn't know all this cooking until about a year ago. I kept my meals simple, basic, family style, uh, nothing fancy. And since my husband got a job, out of the house, although now during quarantine, um, he's trying to invade my kitchen. So, <laughs> so I assign tasks for him now as a sous chef. But let's move on to number two, eating slowly and mindfully. Take time, sit down without distractions, no TV, no reading a book, and focus on what you're eating. If you're focusing on what you're eating, you will slow down and you will notice when you are full. Have you been eating a meal only to remember nothing about it? That, oh yeah, I just ate. Oh, the plate is empty, but I just shoveled all this food down and I don't remember really what I ate. I didn't taste it. I didn't smell it. I didn't notice the crunchiness of the broccoli. Think about that. When you pay attention, you will also slow down your eating and you notice when you're full. So that helps with overeating. And it takes about 20 minutes for the body to register, or actually for the brain, not the body, for the brain to register when you're full. So if you shovel a meal down in 10 minutes, your brain has not a chance to know when you're full. For tips on that, you may check out my post of five ways to practice mindful eating. That's, that's a tip right here. Number three is exercise every day. You're not glued to your desk. You're not held hostage in your house. You can go for walks. You can do push-ups. You can do all kinds of things. And um, incorporate what's called NEAT into your day. This is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Big word. Means do some stuff during the day that's not necessarily exercise. Here's a good example. My laundry room is downstairs. So 
one of my uh, exercises during the day is that I go up and down a lot. I go down the laundry room, then I pick up the laundry, then I go back down, I take the basket down, or when we get back from the grocery store, I take things up and down. That's added exercise during the day. So take the stairs. If you're sitting at home a lot, um, reading or just contemplating on whatever you're doing is walk around a little bit more. I love to go and check out what's going on around me in my house. So I check out what the neighbors are doing and who's walking around, or I go outside and I examine my plants. It's not a lot, but every little bit helps. So as I say, get off your butt ski. Um, if you are out and about more than anybody else, park further away. You know that trick, park further away from your destination. And now that we keep social distancing, walk a little bit more. So it's totally important that you exercise every day. If you're stomped for ideas, go to my YouTube channel at Heike Yates. I have a ton of exercises for you that are easy to do. Many of my videos are only three minutes long. Some involve Pilates, others strength training, others are with the magic circle or the ball or some bands or some weights. So you get ideas, but you can also follow along on the YouTube channel and just do the exercises with me with me and do as many as you like in a row. And that way you are motivated, that way you have a goal, that way you know what you're doing, you can because I teach you, or and make sure that you somehow in your day find 15 minutes for exercise. 15, yeah, one five. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking an hour, I'm not asking for hours. Do what you can. I know you can do it. So these are the three tips that help you start losing your wicked quarantine weight starting today. So what is the best diet to help you lose your quarantine weight? The one that works best for your lifestyle, budget, your family, your income, and the time available. If you want to know more about how to stay strong, healthy, and lean, no matter what your circumstances, you can reach out to me at Heike at HeikeYeats.com and ask me anything. I'm answering all your questions. And by the way, you might want to check out my four-week lean-out program where I show you how to easily plan exercise and healthy nutrition strategies into your lifestyle. So with that, my friends, I hope you have an amazing day. I want you to take action. Reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook at Heidke Yates or the Pursue Your Spark podcast and let me know how I can help you how you liked this episode, and what your takeaway was. So with that, my friends, I'm out of here. Have an amazing day. Ciao.